Yes, we couldn't let it go without doing a Halloween special. The businesses that make money out of things that go bump in the night. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is a particularly spooky Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com. First up on this week's Red Business, we are in the scariest place in Cork this Halloween, and it has been the scariest place in Cork for the last few Halloweens. We are in the Nightmare Realm, which this year is in a new location, and with me is one of the brains behind it, if I can call it, zombie brains probably behind it, a Carl O'Connor. How are you? Not too bad, Jonathan. How are you? I'm all right, except I'm a little put off by the fact we're standing in a very dark part yeah, you're, of the You're inside realm. our world now, like so we've taken you outside of your world, so uh, we're, we're, we're doing the interview on our terms. You know? A little disconcerting. Uh, look, where did this idea come about that you can take people off the street, take money off them and scare the living daylights out of them? Well, it's funny, I suppose. Uh, everybody loves to be scared in a little way. Um, I suppose it's the adrenaline rush that they get from it. Uh, you know, pushing your boundaries, pushing your fear levels, doing something that's outside of your comfort zone, and then, I suppose, succeeding in the end and not being killed by one of our zombies and feeling refreshed at the end of it. Uh, and uh, I suppose having an emotional response with friends, that's a big thing too. You know, there's not many things you can do in life where uh, you can have an emotional response either laughing or crying with your with your friends uh certainly don't hear you're going to do that yeah and you you tick all the boxes um what part of the dark recess of your mind came up with the nightmare realm i'm not really sure i suppose just entertaining people is the big thing really um i come from a production design background uh designing for film theater sets and all that kind of a thing but uh, um, Halloween was something that really just kind of struck a chord with me um, seeing people getting a fright laughing at their friends coming out and just being really enthusiastic about something you had created I think that was really what um, drove the business on um, Now this year you're in a new place because you would have been in what was Navigation House that is no more uh, and, and you've moved down the keys I suppose, to a new venue, that must have opened up a lot more possibilities for you because you had a new space with arguably more space. Absolutely, and when we walked in here first, I suppose we nearly had too much space and it was it was such a blank canvas that it was hard to stop your mind racing as to you know what you could and couldn't do. But um, we eventually narrowed the whole thing down, got working on it, started brainstorming and we wanted to create three individual haunts as well as have an indoor queuing area and entertainment area. So that's what we set about designing. Um, so as you can see, we're in the in the middle haunt at the moment. Well, just in, that, what does that say? As, as Carnival. Carnival, yeah. yeah, yeah so, okay. uh, and there's be, bodies hanging up there. There's bodies hanging up, yeah. So this would be uh, Charlie Chop's Carnival. He's our mascot character and uh, he's quite infamous at the moment, you know. Yeah, he, we're, he's we're trying he, to keep his head down a little bit at the moment. Uh, to keep it on, I'd imagine. It'd it probably on, be yeah. the other challenge. You built this up from a Cork event to then a Cork event and a Dublin event. Mm. And from a business point of view, it's a business that's going well, I'd imagine. Absolutely. Um, I suppose it started in Tralee way back, um, I suppose maybe about 10 years ago. And uh, it came to Cork then and then Dublin. And we're in our second year in Dublin. And the audience is really, um, really taken to the event. Um, I suppose we strive every year to give the audience something new, something bigger, something better, scarier, or at least more entertaining. Um, and we're working on it all year round. And we're like everybody that's involved in it are quite, quite proud and 
with their involvement in it. I mean, there's a huge amount of people behind it, whether it's marketing, office staff, um, the actors, the team leaders, the managers, you know, security. Everybody involved is is very, very uh, proud, I suppose, to be involved with it. But at the same time, it has a shelf life. Uh, mm. You do this at Halloween, as mm. it is now, you know, that we're, yeah. we're at the peak for the Nightmare Realm. Mm. Presumably, it's a year-round gig that you know you will breathe a sigh of relief over the next couple of weeks when it's all over. But you have to start planning again. You'd start planning again, I suppose. We have different strands to the business. You know, we do uh, other types of uh, events and seasonal events throughout the year. So it's not just Halloween, but Halloween is the biggest one we have. Um, you're certainly working on it full time for maybe nine, ten months of the year. Um, the minute the event is over, you're, you're really planning straight away again uh, for next year. Um, and there's a core of us involved in that. Uh, and we're always striving to make it better. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, and look, as I said, a lot of effort goes in. How many people are working on site right now? Because we're at the height of it. So you'd have mm. a couple of dozen, wouldn't you? Uh, well, we've a couple of dozen, yeah. <laughs> we've about we've about 50 actors. We'd have maybe 20-odd security, you know, ticket staff, um, okay, so sundries. That, that's yeah. fairly labour-intensive. So you know, people probably think sure, they're making a fortune, but you have a yeah. lot of people no, to no, pay I mean, out uh, of that as well, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've huge costs. Um, but I have to say the, the people really support the event, and that's the big thing really you know if people didn't like the event or people didn't support it then we wouldn't do it you know and uh, you know we're just thankful for the audience really that that come to the show at any point do you turn around and say maybe it's a bit too scary this year or maybe that poor unfortunate woman you know that 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 was terrible what happened to her Mm. do do you ever think maybe we go a little too far Um, no not really I suppose fear is very very relative and it's very very subjective so what's scary to you might not be scary to the next person I'm bloody well scared here and it's not even (laughs) happening at the moment let's put it that way yeah I I suppose there's a lot of different elements go into into fear Um, like we could have like obviously in a carnival type event we'd have clowns and some people would be very scared of them whereas other people would think that's silly to be scared of that so it's trying to get a a proper balance a good balance of uh, what's scary to an awful lot of people Mm. so we try to add as many elements to it as possible so look it's a theatrical background that you have you've built all this 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 world designed to scare Mm. but deep down in your own heart when you're in this building and it's dark and it's gold uh do you believe in things that go bump in the night that might not be the actors? Um, you know, there's sometimes when you're turning off the lights at night that you just, you feel like looking over your shoulder, definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, for Charlie Chop, he's gone home. for Charlie Chop, it's, it's other stuff, yeah, yeah. You're always wondering about a little shadow in the corner and, you know, it's your mind that plays tricks with you, really, and uh, we definitely play on that a little bit as well. Carlo Connor here at the Nightmare Realm. Thank you for talking to us Thank on Red Business. Perfect, thank you. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology, CompuB.com. So we've moved now from the extremely scary adult experience to the scary but not as scary family experience in Cushkinny. And I'm with uh, Katrina and Eric Johansson who are behind uh, Lord Goosley's Manor, which I've just had a tour around. It's 
great fun, lads. Great. I mean, where did you get this idea from, Katrina? Well, I suppose we have young children ourselves and they have big imaginations and we really wanted to build um, on the concept of Halloween, give children an experience that would meet and match their imagination. So we developed immersive theatre um, so that kids could interact with characters. Um, characters this year are from fairy tales, but they're not quite what they seem. They're a little bit different. Yeah, they are, to be fair, but it's a real experience and you're moving Eric from one room to another room yeah. meeting different characters yeah. as you go how long did it take you to set all of this up well it starts believe it or not as early in the year as March we start thinking about it um, we start planting pumpkins in May uh, we start writing scripts in June so yeah it's a long process but we, we're, we're quite busy in the summer months with our other activity business. So from the 1st of September, really, we kick into gear. So there's about six weeks solid work goes and into the sets. And how long of a run have you got then in the lead up to Halloween? Uh, from now to, yeah, it's about a week. It's a week, so yeah. it's a lot of intensive effort to get Absolutely. into the week, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Heartbreaking. <laughs> Heartbreaking effort. Now, t- tell us a little bit about the, the business model here, because as I said, Halloween is is but once a year. Um, so you have to do something else for this wonderful house, Gorshkini House. So what do you do? Well, I grew up here it's a 17 acre estate a Victorian estate my parents ran a business here for 25 years we came home to um, have our family here and we really wanted to play on the idea of nature in the harbour we're sitting on Cork Harbour so we developed an eco-adventure business to get kids back playing in nature enjoying nature and having fun so we have um, an eco-adventure business during the during the summer and during um, from spring onwards. Spring onwards, yeah. But we really found that um, you know that all grinds to a halt come <laughs> come September. That would so be traditional. L- yeah. So it was a long winter. We do hurricanes here now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And storms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we knew all about that. We had a few trees down here, which uh, which wasn't great for the to the run up to this. But it but creates we got, a great scene. Yeah, yeah, we got we got through it. But um, but yeah, at, at, at Christmas time, Santa's elves come here as well for the Cork North Pole Outpost experience. So they set up. Uh, they they move in and take over the place and Santa of course pops in as well so it's, so yeah. it's very se- it's a seasonal business yeah. now tell me when you decided to do all of this because I think that's an interesting part of the story necessity was the mother of invention Jonathan and um, we had an estate that we needed to work and to pay for and it's a whole mouth to feed it's a whole family so we played on our skill sets of having a huge love for scouts and the outdoors and then we never thought we'd be in the theatre business but we found ourselves in the theatre business we found a wealth of local talent an amazing director and scriptwriter amazing actors a great set designer from Hungary um, and an amazing behind the scenes team even a songwriter who's who's but here locally we've been at this a couple of years now we so are. when, when did we this are. journey start for well, you seven, seven years seven years yeah. ago now, when our firstborn really yeah. arrived 2010 yeah. were you mad to try and start a business at the height of the recession well oh, yes the obvious answer is yes <laughs> yeah. but it was also um, you know this opportunity arose as well and it was it was just a kind of um, it was an organic process as well we didn't really have a, a the business plan a, a, was not written yeah, for this we had a beautiful business plan that required a serious loan from a bank that certainly wasn't going to be forthcoming at that time what it has resulted in is in a very keen um, business model where we use all the resources we can we're very clever about how we spend money but we also give families great value for money because they needed to have great value to spend money seven years ago so um, 
we watch everything yeah. but we also make the most out of an incredible location and a beautiful set yeah. which and is the house the set the set itself as you describe it the house as it is i mean yeah. we're here now where is it it's over there it's in the darkness so you it's hard to make it, it out exactly. but what what that's a period home presumably yeah. so yeah. It, it's the downton abbey of course 17 1750 i think or is it 1780 it was, yeah in the early 1800s uh, the house was built it was the the residence of the um the landlord of ballymore um, and it was in um, their ownership up until the 1940s. And, and what happens with something like that is you use it or you lose it. And there's Absolutely. so many houses around that yeah. just have deteriorated, but they are costly old things oh, to keep they going. they are. But what we've done is we have played on the concept of people getting behind the scenes of those houses. A lot of those houses the public aren't privy to seeing. And we have played on the intrigue and the interest in coming into the house. And the house comes alive when families enter. Kids love it. The set and the different settings you can set in each room really plays on the atmosphere of each of our experiences. And they love arriving and saying, where are we? I didn't know this existed, even though we're only five minutes from a wonderful town of Cove. So, you know, we're playing on, on that interest. And it, it works really well, and it's great to see the inside of the house. So how quickly is it all turning around for Christmas for you guys? Three now, weeks. Three yeah, weeks, yeah. that's Three it. Three weeks yeah, of, yeah. of a very little sleep and a, a lot of hard work. Um, but we plan Christmas in January. Yeah. So everything is done in advance. We've learned by mistakes and we've built um, on... Uh, we have an incredible set behind the scenes built. And then we just have a lot of very busy elves at night working yeah. very, very hard. Slave labour with the elves. It's, it's been banned in many countries. <laughs> the head elf would have problems with us about that, I think. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will ask you, and I've asked everybody, is, you know, this is a spooky experience. Uh, you know, it's designed as a family-friendly thing, but... As you say, it's a 17th century house. Yeah. I imagine when it's dressed up like this, it's not somewhere you want to spend a huge amount of time night. But do you think, is it haunted? Well, uh, rumour had it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, we live here, so there is nothing of, uh, that we've ever come across. You've never heard anything go bump there, in no. the night? Hang on a second, Katrina, you be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is the, 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 the odd noise here and then with the, that, that, that you'd have to kind of wonder, all right, what, where, where did that noise come from? But uh, yeah, you, you do hear bumps in the night. But uh, houses are like this, they do, they, ha- they, they, they live and breathe and they they creak and they crack so it is I think it does. we'll ask our visitors yeah. when they come and, and let them tell us you should start building into the narrative yeah, it's the only should. way there's we money should. to be made in absolutely. it look it's fantastic and kids absolutely love it Thank so uh, we, Lord Goosley will presume to be back here next year we doing the same thing so. and uh, Santa will be arriving here in the next couple of weeks as well so yeah. uh, Katrina and Eric Johansson thank you so much for Thanks, taking the time John. to talk to us Thank you very much The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Apple technology and solutions for your business CompuB.com Andrew, welcome back to the Red Business Halloween special and we have moved now to one of Cork's premier haunted locations, or so we're led to believe, but it is also a very successful business in its own right. Sarah O'Shea is the general manager of Cork City Jail. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Is it haunted? Are we are we surrounded by spirits right now? I suppose it's very hard to, to tell. Um, uh, we do have our haunted stories that we tell, but I've been here for a good number of years at this point and I've never seen anything personally. Um, never, never mind that. Tell me the stories. <laughs> the stories, I suppose. Um, one of them would have been a good number of years ago when we opened first as a tourist attraction in 93 um, we would have given out Walkmans at the time um, as an audio guide and um, a tourist was doing their tour as regular and they got to a specific cell and it 
the audio guide was telling its story um, and all of a sudden it started to make this really strange noise and it was like the tape was slowing down. So he brought the audio guide back to our staff member and they thought the battery was running out in the uh, in the Walkman. Which so they would have changed. been what they do on exactly. a regular basis. Yeah. They changed the batteries, gave him back the audio guide, again got to the exact same place, started to skip and slow down. So they changed the tape, still the same thing. Um, and then they changed the whole unit so they gave him a brand, brand new Walkman, brand new headphones, brand new batteries. And the man actually went off and did his tour and came back. And at the very end, he said it was actually the exact same, but he was too freaked out no, to actually bring w- it back w- to w- us. Which, which side are we It was actually at? the one down here and second on the left. We're not going there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of a good backstory. And, and the jail has a great backstory. It definitely does. Um, I mean, it opened in 1824 um, as a prison for um, men, women and children. So there would have been children here as young as nine years old um, imprisoned in the jail. And then I suppose around Cork, it's known as the women's prison uh, because it went to an all-female prison in 1878. So any men were, that were housed here would have been moved or released back into population depending on their crime. Um, and it's very unusual I suppose because we're called the city jail um, and you would have had the county jail which was down by the UCC the jail cross as jail it's still cross, known exactly. the front of that building yes. is there but the rest of it's gone yeah so we would get a lot of tourists ringing us telling us they're outside the jail and I just explain you know are you sure you're outside the correct jail um, they're like it's all boarded up we can't get in and I'm like you're at the wrong place um, but they eventually come up here and they exactly. see a, a bona fide is it a Victorian prison? Um, yes so um, I suppose this area would be um, it was knocked down and rebuilt about uh, 40 years after the original was built because it was only one side of cells at the time but they needed more space so they knocked it and rebuilt it with a double side of wing it was a growing so, industry at the growing, time exactly so they needed more space um, so they built two sides so more cells more capacity so when did the idea come about to change it into a museum? Because so, this presumably would have been open to the elements. There are other uh, wings here that you can still see, mm-hmm. but that they are derelict. So who had the brainwave to maybe turn this around? So in the 80s, there would have been a tender um, sent to local business people um, wondering what the building could be made into um, because the council basically wanted to, to change and to actually make it used. Um, so a Cork family um, put in a tender to make it a heritage centre, a tourist attraction, and then they won that tender. Um, so it's now currently run by the same family. Okay, and it, it really is a draw because you have tourists from all over the world coming here. What did they reckon as to the actual offering here? Because, you know, people probably don't know what to expect when they come in, but they get to walk around the cells as they would have existed uh, in the 19th century. I suppose the the main difference with here and, say, other prisons that you get to see, like Kilmaine and that kind of thing, is, number one, you can do the tour by yourself here, so you don't have to be following a guide, but we do also offer guided tours. Um, And number two is that we give a social history rather than a political history. Um, So we talk about the people like you and me back in that time because you have the names and all the cells yeah. of people who would have been in those cells exactly. at one stage or another. yeah so we give their personal story like why they would have been here how long they were here for and what the conditions would have been like while they were here and they were pretty grim they were i mean take the example of our youngest prisoner edward o'brien um he was only nine years old when he was sent to prison he was a pickpocket 
and it was very well known for that around Cork um, but he would have been given two weeks in prison here and while he was here for the two weeks he was going to be whipped twice a week he was so, nine nine and he was whipped twice a week so it was very harsh punishments especially for the children because they felt that they could learn from their mistakes okay. you know they'd have the markings growing up so they'd see them and wouldn't want to reoffend. fairly brutal um, but uh, you know given that it is Halloween people will focus on the supernatural and you've had you've had people spending the night here I know that you do the, the homeless sleep in, in, yes. in, in for Focus Ireland happens on a regular basis here but you've had you've had TV crews you've had all sorts of interest over the years yeah. haven't you? Uh, only a couple of months back we had um, another TV crew in here um, for a couple of hours in the evening doing a haunted kind of story special so they bring in their equipment and they look for different signs of activity and they always find something um, I personally don't You're still know. holding out, aren't you? You're still holding <laughs> I out. I mean, I, I do believe in that side of things, but I've personally never seen anything. Now, when I started first, it was very strange coming into a building of this you, size. Your office is in a cell. My office is in a cell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your office is in the cell, not too far away from the cell where the tape didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, one of the big draws, and I know from kids who have been here, let's walk over yeah. to this side. One of the big draws is this corridor. So tell me, tell me about this corridor. So down the corridor here, um, you see a kind of hologram as such of um, a young girl. So she's just wearing all an all-white gown. Um, so when the prison closed, um, operate, finished operating as a prison um, in 1923, residents around Sunday's Well area started to claim that they saw this young girl walking around the outside of the building alone uh, with just a nightdress on. And that's, we can see so very clearly, a little girl's hologram yes. down this corridor. So we just paid homage to her and just put her in here just so people would ask the question about her and you know bring that side of interest back into the building I suppose See, I, I don't know how comfortable I would be being here Sarah at night <laughs> maybe during the recent storms with the winds gusting yes. around and how, how happy I would be in this prison I can only imagine what it was like when there were prisoners I can here. imagine yeah I mean so at that time they weren't allowed to talk to one another um, so the guards even went so far as to put felt on the bottom of their shoes so they wouldn't make noise as they were walking around the building so it would have been very very eerie in here um, kind of like today I suppose yeah, but there's, there's still noises little bits of screams and little bits of uh, effects going through the uh, through the sound here so it's, yes. it's kind of scary I don't know how you do it you, you seem like a very brave person Sarah were you always this Thank brave? You. I suppose <laughs> Sarah Roche it's been an absolute pleasure and the best luck to everybody who's involved here in Cork City Thank Jail you and Thank much. you for talking to us in Red Business Thank you too My thanks to the Nightmare Realm Lord Goolsley's Manor and Cork City Jail Neil Hennessy helped put it all together. Don't have nightmares now. It's only a movie. It's not funny. You were scared, weren't you? I wasn't that scared. You were scared. <laughs> it's supposed to be midnight. Something evil's lurking in the dark. Stop your heart You try to scream But Tara take the sound Before you make it And you start to freeze And so it looks you right between the eyes You're paralyzed You hear the door swim Realize there's nowhere left to run You feel the cold 
Compubee, building your business with premium Apple solutions. Compubee.com.